Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Hey, I have a question for you. What hat are you wearing today? Let's put on your consumer hat. Does your personal favorite customer service horror story always end with your tale about how easily the company that offended you could have made your experience a dream instead of the nightmare it was that you love to tell about? Okay, time to switch wardrobes. Put on your business hat now. If you've heard a tale of woe about your own company, OMG, but do you know why? Today, SAP's Anthony Leeper will talk about why he believes it's all about the people you hire. Anthony asks, and I quote, are they emotionally attached to your brand and to the customer impression you want to leave behind? Hmm, Very important question. And one of our favorite authors, Becky Carroll, observes, and I quote, Customer service needs an extreme makeover. Sounds like the makings of a new TV show, Becky. It's time to stop viewing customer service as a cost of doing business and start viewing it as a key to ensuring business growth from, here's the magic bullet for Becky, your existing customers. And customer strategist Esteban Kolsky adds, becoming a beloved brand, which is the goal for most companies in the past 10 to 15 years and why not, is no longer an objective. Becoming a retained brand is the objective. I have to tell you all, I just had a phenomenally good customer experience with Jeff at TJ Maxx. And I told him I mentioned him on the air. So pour a cup and join us for Food for Thought on great customer service. Is your call center missing the obvious? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers. This is our 31st consecutive week on the air. We're delighted to be here. Let me quickly tell you about my guests. I'll give you one-liner, and then you're going to hear their voices. Anthony Lieber, Senior VP and General Manager, Line of Business Customer Solutions for SAP. Becky Carroll, author of, and I'm looking at her book, The Hidden Power of Your Customers. And Esteban Kolsky, Principal and Founder of ThinkJar, an advisory and research think tank focused on customer strategies. And we'll have Margot Heiligman as our guest as well. Anthony, how are you today? Yeah, not too bad, Bonnie. Can you hear me from uh, sunny Germany? I can hear you fine. Oh, you're in Germany today. Well, this makes us even more global. Wonderful. Anthony, customer service. You wrote an amazing blog, Five Stupefying Statements from the CRM Call Center. Stupefying is a heavy-duty word. It's a word that we don't often use in business today. Uh, Tell me something. Are you still shocked at what happens on customer service? Hey, you know, I'm shocked every single day, both by the things that amaze me because they're incredibly good because somebody's actually understanding about the customer experience they may be providing. And then on other days, I still hear some of these stupefying statements. I've had a recent situation where somebody tried to tell me that I should be really happy with the service I was getting. And I sort of sat there for a minute saying, "Um, isn't that for me to decide? So the question is, am I supposed to be happy because I want to be happy because you're delighting me or because you tell me I must be? Um, There you go. We'll put that one in the next blog. We will. And you know something? The word delighted is such an important word. I'm going to do a quick quote, and then we're going to bring Becky on. I know we started late. I'm trying to catch up. Anthony says, we expect good, 
We are delighted by the extraordinary, and we're appalled by the abysmal, which unfortunately we still encounter with stunning frequency. I love your use of adjectives, Anthony. Let's bring on Becky Carroll. Hi, Becky. Welcome back. I think this is your third time on the show. How are you today? Hey, I am great, Bonnie. As usual, how are you? Wonderful. I love the concept of extreme makeover. We all know it's kitschy and campy and cool because we have all those TV shows. But when you come out of the box with these fighting words, Becky, customer service needs an extreme makeover. Those are fighting words, aren't they? Well, they're words that business really needs to grasp, not just here in the U.S., but around the world. And in fact, Bonnie, in my inbox this morning, it was perfect timing. I received um, the summary of the most recent American Express Global Customer Service Barometer. And it said that, are you ready for this, 93% of companies, according to consumers, fail to exceed their service expectations. And one in two consumers have ditched a purchase in the past year because of a poor customer service experience. Those numbers are frightening. Frightening. They're, they're business stopping. They're company shattering, Becky. They're, if this isn't a wake-up call to businesses today, and we're going to talk a little bit about your blog, Customers Rock. You have some really good points to make as well. If this isn't a, 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 a hallion call or a hearkening call to businesses that they are still doing something extremely wrong, and we all know the dangers, the pitfalls of social media, a bad experience is blasted from the rooftops, the Twitter tops, the Facebook tops. In a, the blink of an eye, the click of a mouse, your brand is at risk. Why don't they get that, Becky? Just it's, one sentence. Why don't they get it? Um, well, I think that's we're going to spend the rest of the hour talking about why they don't get it, but it's really the perfect storm right now with the proliferation of mobile devices and the easy access to social media. We can get those people tweeting from the rooftops at any time of day, and we have to be ready for it. There you go. And now let's turn to our third guest, Esteban Kolsky. Welcome, Esteban. You're also a repeat guest. How are you today? Doing fantastic, Bonnie. Thanks for having me today. I'm really looking forward oh, to the discussion. Pleasure to have you back. Now talk to me. It's no longer about being a beloved brand. It's a retained brand. That's a new word for me, retained brand. Exactly what do you mean, Esteban? Well, Becky, what happened in the... I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> uh, what happened in the last few years is like, you know, most companies aim for, to become a, a beloved brand. Beloved brands like, you know, Harley-Davidson, Ritz-Carlton, Nordstrom. These are companies that don't have to work um, that hard to, you know, show their customers their appreciation. And the, as a result, the customers love it to the point that there's a loyalty beyond consideration. And that's what they're aiming for. The problem is like in the last few years, like Becky said, with the with the advent of the social customer, advent of social channels, and and, and the, the how the power uh, the balance of power was turned to the customer, beloved brands are no longer necessary. What we need now is for customers to retain a brand, to continue to do business with with the company, and to actually express their loyalty by retaining them. What we did is we turned the table around from companies trying to retain customers to customers retaining companies for service. What now? Talk about fighting words. Customers retaining companies. That's major. And let me read one more little quote I got from you. Actually, a big quote. The world is changing fast for call centers, which is the topic of today. Social is just the tip of the iceberg. The demand from customers to turn organizations around and become customer-centric is here already. Organizations that claim to be caught unprepared or not paying attention, those that don't change, 
don't care about their customers. That's a wow. All of you have something very important to say, and I hope companies are listening. And I'll just just give you a little uh, insight here. I had an issue with my account at TJ Maxx. I picked up the phone. I had a lovely man named Jeff answered. I told him exactly what I needed, what my expectations were, and I said, I hope I didn't sound too negative, but I really needed his response. Within a matter of seconds, he said, I have your account. You're a good customer. We'll take care of it. Not a problem. And then I told him I was so pleased with his politeness, his cheerfulness, his preparedness that I was going to mention him on the radio show today, and he was slightly shocked by who he was talking to. So anyway, and I even left an accolade with his manager on on the feedback, on the follow-up. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm talking to the esteemed Anthony Leeper, Becky Carroll, and Esteban Kolsky about call center. We want to know, great customer service, is your call center missing the obvious You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We're going to take a really short break. When we come back, we'll hear what my guests are drinking today, and we have a whole slew of tweets to read about what our listeners are doing, and we'll talk a lot more about customer call centers. Brad, take it away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag, pound sign, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Yes, let's. And here we are, coffee break time. Anthony Leeper, what's in that magic coffee cup of yours today? Well, actually, it's afternoon here, and unfortunately, I'm not in England, so that Yorkshire tea is not available. So I'm actually enjoying a glass of sparkling water, uh, which is pretty refreshing. Does that sparkling water have a name? Uh, It's um, Waldorf's finest. It comes out of a machine. (laughs) (laughs) Instantly carbonated and no brand. So I have to say it's SAP Waldorf's finest. I think that is amazing. I hope it just peps you up because we have a lot of lot to talk about here today. Becky Carroll, what are you drinking today? As always, I am drinking just plain old water, San Diego tap water. There And how is San Diego tap water? Because I know my water here in Great Neck, people say, ah, they'd rather I buy a bottle before I serve it to them instead of out of the tap. So what is San Diego water like? Oh, it's like San Diego. It's wonderful. 
I bet our ah, this... water is better because we, we've got asparagus season right now, so it's really pure. There you go. And let's turn to Esteban Kolsky. What are you drinking today? Well, now, now I'm feeling luxurious. You know, what? Since, since the last time I was here, I wanted to get a, a special drink, so I got a specially roasted, hand-selected blend of corner beans made into a wonderful cappuccino with organic 1% milk. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's a wow. I think you win the uh, exotic exotic drink of the day. Let's see what our tweeters are drinking today. Jeff, as always, is refilling his Starbucks Dark Espresso Roast for today's show. Thank you, Jeff, for being a loyal listener and coffee tweeter. The beautiful Kristen in Miami is sticking to her G2 Gatorade. Very low-calorie strawberry kiwi. She's down 19 pounds getting ready to meet that wedding dress, and she's not done yet. Bravo. We want to welcome Lisa at, at uh, let's see, she's on Twitter, at Team Woker, W-O-K-E-R, which is a game she invented. She's enjoying a bold French roast while listening to Coffee Break. Thanks for joining us, Lisa. And let's see, we have three new uh, Esteban. Oh, here we go, Roseville Tap Water for now and making his special coffee. Margot is drinking Apollinaris Mineral Water, and she's listening, and we appreciate that. And Malcolm is always, hey, Malcolm, it's poetic when we read your tweet. It's bold. It's beautiful. It's black as the night. Equator Coffee's organic fair trade French in his cup today. Thank you very much. Okay, let's get back to our topic, customer service. Anthony, let's talk about the emotional attachment to the brand. How important is it that people not just say, oh, I'm working for customer service. I'm sitting here. i got to be on the phones for eight hours. What is this emotional attachment you're talking about that will make a difference for call centers today? I think it's it's really key. I mean, you know, first of all, if somebody is not emotionally attached to the brand, then probably they don't try to learn much about it. And so the challenge you find, first of all, is the only way they can think and talk is based on what's on the script. And I bet we've all been on a, a call with a call center where sometimes you just think, would you just stop reading the script for a second and be human and just think about the problem I have and how to address it? And then the second thing you have is, you know, as far as they're concerned, in a lot of cases, I just need to get you to hang up, Mr. Customer. And so they don't care what your impression is about the brand as you go away. And that's very sad because in the end, the difference when you experience somebody who really cares about the brand is it's a far more engaging conversation. And they're really trying to make sure at the end of it they've done the best they can do in order to have you walk away with a, you know, with a favorable feeling, even if your problem wasn't solved, that the people dealing with you cared about trying to solve it. Exactly. And, Anthony, a few years back, I'm probably dating myself here. I used to work for Chase. used to be called Chase Manhattan Bank way back in the day. We used to talk about relationship banking. I think a lot of big banks brought that term into play. The concept was that every interaction is about a relationship. Today, I think the popular buzzword is conversation, and you say emotional attachment. We're talking about reducing everything to P-E-O-P-L-E, six letters, the word people. It's people to people, person to person. That's really what we're talking about, isn't it, Anthony? Yes, it is. And also, you want a, a person who you can relate to. Um, I mean, sadly, quite often, you end up in a situation where you, know, you may be dealing with a call center offshore, and then the person you're dealing with doesn't understand you as an individual. They don't understand maybe if this is, a, in my case, a British brand. They don't even know why I would be passionate about Jaguar and less passionate maybe about Citroen. Maybe they don't understand why... You know, I, as an English person, have a particular way that I would expect a problem to be solved. 
So even from a people-to-people point of view, if you've not got the right type of people in the call center, then probably the conversation's doomed from the beginning. That's such a good point. Becky, I want to bring you into this and Esteban as well. Becky, you talk about companies need to provide killer customer service. In your opinion, Becky, and you've written this wonderful book, I, I still have it here on my radio desk, The Hidden Power of Your Customers, Four Keys to Growing Your Business Through Existing Customers. No, nothing wrong with a shameless plug, right, Becky? <laughs> uh, now, now, now tell me something. This killer customer service, what is the DNA? And let's piggyback this on what Anthony said about this emotional attachment, the right person. What is the DNA of the people you should be looking for to man or woman or person the phones in your call center, Daddy. Who are these people? Where do you find them? That's a great question. And actually, I'm going to quote Southwest Airlines because I love what they look for. And they're very clear about what they look for when they're hiring people. They look for, quote, a servant's heart, a warrior spirit, and a fun-loving attitude. And I think that tells us a lot. The servant's heart, you know, being willing to put others before yourself, I think that's really important in someone who's going to be in your contact center, who's going to be trying to be empathetic, who's going to be helping people solve their problems or their questions or just set their mind at ease or maybe even shoot the breeze. Um, A warrior spirit, because sometimes it takes a lot in companies to get the right answer and to get things done. So I think it's important that they're willing to be persistent and willing to do what it takes to make the customer feel happy. Um, that may not necessarily mean giving them refunds or anything monetary. There's a lot that can be done. And actually, I have an example from Zappos in a minute about that. And a fun-loving attitude, I think, is really important because if someone's not enjoying their job and enjoying what they do, it's going to show. You're going to hear it. You can hear a smile on the phone. You really can. You and, can. Um, if you've got someone who's got this fun-loving attitude, it comes across, it's exuded across the telephone, and it makes a world of difference. It really does. It helps to defuse, if I can use that word. It's when you, somebody calls up and they have a gripe. Why else would? How many of us take time out of our day to call a company and say, "Hey, I love this product." We just assume we're going to when we put our money on the line. We're going to love what we bought, product or service. Very rarely do people go out of their way to call up just to say, "Hey, I want to tell you how happy I am." It's usually a gripe, or they're PO'd, or something is just bothering them, or they felt they were done wrong. Esteban, join us, please, in this. Uh, what do you think? About about the, what's your take on the DNA of the, I won't even go so far as to say the perfect call center person, but the one you really want to look for when you're staffing. Do you agree with Becky and Anthony? I, I do agree so far with everything they said, but, but you know what? I, I think that Southwest Airlines was able to define that uh, because they looked at their people and they said, who are the best performers? What do we have? and the people that actually make this company what it is. What do we have that actually reflects our brand, reflects our values, reflects what we're trying to do? And then they were able to translate that into three simple principles. And, and the thing is, every company should be able to do that. You know, what works for Southwest will not necessarily work for somebody else. What works for, for you know, for, for any company will not work for any other company. So you need to find the principles and the tenets that drive your brand, that drive your promise to, to your customers, and then manage their expectations better. And, and, you know, you ask me what's the DNA? It's very simple. It's a helixical form with 23 chromosomes because it's about being human. <laughs> Anthony said it very, very well. It's not, there's nothing specific that you cannot find. If you find people that are committed to do their job and the people that are just human and they want to do what they do well and they get empowered by the company, you have an excellent call center agent right there. 
Very interesting. I'm going to put something on the table here, throw this out to all three of you. We're talking about the importance, the core importance of the person picking up the phone. They need to be cheerful. They need to be engaged, emotionally committed to the brand. They need to be able to speak off script, if you will. They need to be really, really dedicated to what they do, and their goal should be a wonderful, delightful outcome, to quote Anthony. So do you think... It's possible that the customer call center should be elevated in some way within the company to be an esteemed position rather than, oh, damn, I'm answering phones today. You know what I'm saying. Anthony, what do you think? Is there a way for companies to evolutionize, revolutionize the concept of the call center so that the people doing the job understand they are special, they do make a difference? What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? I think CRM has gone through a maturity curve over the last 10 to 15 years. In the early days, it was all around efficiency and cost savings, and you know, it was all about the number of calls handled. It didn't matter whether you just got rid of somebody and hoped they'd call back later. Um, what you were just doing was counting the number of calls. And then we sort of talked about the concepts of efficiency. How do we empower this call center guy to be able to you know, deal with the call in one go, and you know, it was all about one call resolution. But today, you know, one of the things we're beginning to learn is for a majority of companies out there, the only time they ever get to talk to their consumer is if they phone up because they've got a problem or they want to ask a question, they're looking for advice. Exactly. So the only time their brand gets to be a presence to the customer. And if you don't put that as a priority in your business, almost as important as your marketing team and everything else, then you're missing the only chance you ever get to listen and learn. Speaking of listening and learning, I want to segue to Becky. Let's talk about your Zappos case study. And I know we're going to have Margot either calling or tweeting later with her. She has a case study as well to share with us, and we'll read that from Twitter. Margot, uh, uh, Becky, Zappos, talk to me. What about Zappos? Sure. Well, I, I had the good fortune of going to visit Zappos at their corporate headquarters in Henderson, Nevada, a couple of weeks ago, and it was fabulous. And two things I want to share. One is what they're doing in the call center, and two is what this is doing for the business. So in the call center, they have a CLT, a customer loyalty team. Those are their call center reps who are measured not individually but on team effort to reduce average speed to answer and reduce abandon rate. But most importantly, and this goes back to something that Anthony said earlier, they're measured on PEC, personal emotional connection and it's huge because it's not about the transactions in fact one of the things that they do to help make a PEC a personal emotional connection they know when someone calls in what state they're calling from here in the US they know what states all of their call center reps came from and they will make an effort it's all done with technology to physically connect someone who geographically may have lived in the same place as someone else. If I call up and I'm from Maryland, I have a really good chance of being connected to a call center rep who's also originally from Maryland. Talk about a great opportunity for a personal connection. Now, how how can that be orchestrated, Becky, where, and this is something you've all brought up, is is we want to make that personal connection. How in the world could a big company know exactly who's going to be calling from where and to match up something demographically? Is that the the million dollar, the billion dollar question today? Well, again, that's, for Zappos, that's being done by their phone technology. They know, you know, the area code where someone's calling in from geographically, generally speaking, and they they try to hook someone up, you know, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but... 
they, um, they empower the reps to do things like give thank you cards. And they actually measure how many thank you cards were given out yesterday, how many batches of cookies were given out. They give out cookies to celebrate um, things for customers or loss. They can send flowers if someone's had a loss or if they're sick. And the results of all of this bonding, the results of this kind of customer experience. See, Zappos views just what you were talking about. Customer service is an investment. Uh, their customers are an asset, and it will come back to them. And they see that 75% of their orders come from returning customers. That's huge. And those that come back shop more often, and their average order size is higher than that of new customers. So focusing on the call center, on customer service, on the experience is a win for customers, a win for the business, and a win for the employees because they get to do great things for their customers. And, and, Becky, I have to tell everybody that that not only is the gist of your book, but that your blog is customersrock.net. And you really believe it has to come from what's going to make the customer happy, delighted, as Anthony said, what's going to make them feel valued. Going back to a familiar store, shopping online again, it's, it makes you feel special. Anthony, well, when we come back. It shows business results, Bonnie. It shows business results, and that's the bottom line. There you go. When we come back, I want to talk to Anthony about some of his experiences. And, and let's not forget, Margo, you have to tweet me your story. Uh, I want to talk to Anthony about your experiences as whether you're a, shall we say, a frequent flyer on an airline where you get treated special versus the person standing next to you or sitting next to you who is not yet that esteemed level customer. What kind of service should they, could they and do they get? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Tune in for What About Wealth every week to learn the vital answers to your questions about creating wealth, investing it, donating it, and protecting it. Your hosts are Rich Bloomfield and Rick Durfee, who explain the principles that govern wealth in terms you can understand. Building and preserving positive wealth requires correct action, but few people know how wealth really works. Listen every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and find the answers you need about wealth. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business
You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Welcome back. We're going to kick off this segment with Esteban Kolsky. wanted to pick up on a thread started by Becky Carroll and Anthony Leeper on our last segment. Esteban, go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. You know, the only thing I wanted to add is, like, I, I, I don't disagree with what with, uh, Becky and Anthony. I think that, you know, the goal would be to create an, an, an incredible culture that rewards customer service run by employees to customers. But the problem is, like, most companies that have customer service today are in the camp that Anthony specified, trying to make this work with, you know, as, as best as they can with the, with the money they have. So I think that you know, a more pragmatic approach we have to take is not aim to all become Zappos, which has become the, 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 the fashionable statement in the last few years in customer service organizations, but rather find our own Zappos-style culture and then work towards that over time, not just trying to do it overnight. Agree. Becky, Anthony, you want to chime in there? I just completely agree with that. It's not an easy road. It's not an easy road, but it starts with the culture, and it starts with the values. It really does. You know, very often on this show, I just want to interject here, we have a vast audience. We're up to over 23,000 listens in the month of March, and thank you to everyone for tuning us in, whether it's live or on demand, which we're heard, I don't know, eight times a week here on the station and all over the place, which is wonderful. Um, but I just wanted to say that I have no idea what I want to say. Employee empowerment is what I wanted to say. I wanted to say that um, it, we're talking about the employee empowerment, but here's my thread. Thank you, Bonnie. You got it back. We talk to companies of all sizes on this show. That's what I wanted to impress upon my special guests, that we don't know exactly how big their companies are. And we want to instill in – we might have entrepreneurs listening to us. We want to instill in them that this is the way to do it right from the get-go. This is the way you can learn from the experts, Esteban and Becky and Anthony. Learn from their experience and their wisdom, their blogs, whatever else, their books, and figure it out from the start. Your company will be better off for knowing how to do it right when you're building your business plan. For companies midsize and large who are already in the trenches doing it, we're hoping that you will pick up some game-changing ideas from us and figure out a way to do it better more easily now that we're sharing some of these concepts with you. It sounds simple, but there are some real gems of truth in here that you might have your head in the sand about. Am I right, Anthony? Everybody says, oh, yeah, we'll fix it, but it's not that easy, is it, Anthony? No, but there are some simple things you need to think about. You've got to, you know, the first one I said earlier is you've got to listen and learn, and you've got to go and read and learn. And if you can bring together simple bits of information and combine that with this phrase that you used around empowering the employee, then you can move from, you know, sort of typical um, sort of process-based thinking to, you know, real-time thinking. Let me make a decision right now based on information that, that's in front of me that I'm empowered to make a choice on. Let's take one example. You know, I've recently flown uh, to the U.S. with my favorite airline, and most people know it's, it's Virgin Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the realities are, you know, I go, I check in, I'm a gold card customer, I have a lot of status, I get everything I want, and 
you know, I can I can never fault Virgin. In fact, my sort of tagline is they could throw me out at 30,000 feet and I'd still book another flight. So the reality is <laughs> our favorite airline. However, the alternative is, you know, my colleague who's flying with me at the same time, who didn't manage to get as good a ticket as I did, obviously is coming to the desk of me and then wants to upgrade. And um, they've got no information. They don't know anything about him. And typically his ticket isn't the right type of ticket, so they're not interested. What they don't understand is actually he is one of British Airways' top customers. Mm. He happens to be flying with me because I'm flying. This is their one golden opportunity to impress him. And because they didn't read the fact that maybe he tweets and blogs about all these BA flights, they've missed the obvious that they could have made a very quick decision and just said, you know what, we've got an empty seat. Let's take advantage of our opportunity to move this guy to be one of our top customers. Very interesting point. Uh, Becky, you have something in your Zappos blog. I want to just read a quote from you, if I may, Becky. Mm-hmm. You start out with, who is your customer experience competition? Those of you only looking inside your own industry, which takes it a step farther than what Anthony was talking about, need to take a look around as your competitors are not who you think they are, especially online. Organizations should be asking this question. Which companies have the best practices in customer focus across all industries and then you go on to relate uh, media social media gal Deb Robison's story and that's a, a Zappos Apple Amazon story but uh, Becky talk to me about what Anthony just said about the fact that we think we identify through CRM who our best customers are but you could be missing the key to another best customer standing or sitting right next to them what do you think about that well, I, I think that that would be ideal if we could somehow know for each customer or potential customer that we have, if they're a brand new customer to us, are they someone else's MVP? I don't think we have the technology to know that yet, and I'm not sure we have things set up yet that we can tweet, um, check out the tweets of every single potential flyer that we have, assuming we even have their social media information. So I think that that's a great place to be, but we're not quite there yet. Um, in the meantime, I think that we probably need to think a little bit differently about how we're working with customers, um, how we're empowering our, our agents, whether they're there at the airport, you know, in an airline, in an airplane, behind the counter, or whether they're over the phone in the contact center. How we're working with them to make sure that they are empowered to make the right decision for the customer, and they are looking at, you know, using core values as a guideline, but. I think it's also important for us to look outside. We might say, hey, we're the best in our industry. And we, you know, in Virgin Atlantic, they're definitely one of the best in their industry. I also love Southwest. But have they looked outside? Have they looked at a Zappos? Have they looked at a Nordstrom? All these beloved companies that Esteban was talking about earlier. Have you compared yourself to them? And again, you don't necessarily want to pick up their culture. Um, as Esteban said, a Zappos culture is really, really different. And if you go tour them, you will see one of their cultural values is a little bit of weirdness. And not every company is ready to digest that for mm-hmm. themselves. But they need to go and look at what is it that makes them special or what is it that can set them apart, not just for the experiences that their customers are having on you know, with their company, but experiences they're having with these other, you know, beloved or retained companies, and how can they bring some of that experience in, keeping in mind that not everybody is um, always what their job position is. I may be an engineering executive by day, but by night, I'm a mom with two kids that's looking for XYZ. 
I want to bring in uh, Esteban on this conversation. And, Becky, we have a couple of more. I want to talk about Fresh Books, one of your favorite stories, before we finish this segment. So, Esteban, what do you think about all this? Uh, we're, we're talking in very big terms about how to fix it, how to start it, do it right from the beginning. What do you think? Is there a magic bullet for if you were advising a new company how to do it? What would you tell them? You mean a magic bullet before beyond the point of hiring Becky or hiring myself to actually help them? <laughs> well, my next question no, was going to be, out of the show, shall we create a school for customer call centers? Just start them with the best with my three experts and just, just have some webinars and, and teach them, get their people in touch with all of you so they can learn it. But go ahead, Esteban. It's actually, it's actually funny you mentioned the school because I was just going to make reference to that. I mean, Zappos actually does have a quote-unquote school they use for call center managers and call center um, supervisors and uh, VP level people where they actually show them how the magic is done, not with the purpose of replicating Zappos, but for the purpose of having them understand, you know, the things that Becky was saying. 75% of the business coming from renewing, you know, from, from renewing customers. That's, that's humongous. I mean, that's something that no company can ever claim for the most part. You know, and Zappos can claim that, and they actually they find the secret sauce to that, and they're willing to teach other people how to do it, and then they do that. So, you know, it's it's there. It's a question of like you know having the patience and having the time to figure it out. That number one, what you're doing is more than likely wrong, not because it's mm-hmm. it's not because of anything else, other than the fact that the world has changed, and you need to do things differently. You need to adapt. You need to become better. You need to become more flexible, more dynamic. And, and, you know, number two, there's a way to do that that doesn't really mean you have to replace everything that you have done through it away and start new. You, ha- you can go, you know, progressively from where you are to where you need to go, you know, with very small steps. And that's the way to get there. And that's what Zappos also teaches in their class. I, uh, I've been talking so far a couple of times about Margot's story. With your permission, especially Anthony's, I'd like to read it. I have it here on IM. May I uh, interject this? Let's see. Let's, let's see what the wonderful Margot, who's a big fan of the show and, and always gets us in touch with Anthony when we need him. Margot says, two weeks ago, I placed a large order from a clothing company whom I ordered from once a year pretty religiously. Unbeknownst to me, the day after I placed the order, I would receive in the mail an 11% discount code and offer for free shipping and free returns. I called the company, explained the situation. The service professional, I'm so sorry to hear that. I think I'm able to help you. Why don't I do this? That's a quote. They looked it up to verify that she's a loyal and the company is Bowden, a loyal Bowden, B-O-D-E-N customer. Yes, I can extend to you the discount, free shipping, free returns, and we look forward to hearing more from you on how, you ready for this, kids, on how we can provide excellent service. And and Margot says it took a, a minute to digest the information and the, inf- the situation took this human a little bit of time and everything turned out well. So would we say that's an award-winning customer service experience, Anthony? Uh, we would say that it's a, a customer experience that is certainly aimed at delighting the customer. And more importantly, the individual at the other end of the phone actually has a clear ambition right from the very beginning. Wonderful. There you go. Wonderful. Esteban, what do you think of that? I would say that it's not a win award winning customer service experience. I would say that what they did is they found out what what uh, Margot uh, expected and and delivered and that's that's the key is you know if you find out what your customers want and you deliver that becomes the commonplace and what we call the award winning today should be commonplace. Customers should be satisfied and agents should be empowered to satisfy them. 
And, and I have to mention, I don't know if I made this clear at the beginning of Margot's story, she's a customer once a year. Anthony, that talks to your point of who are our golden top-line customers we want to please. Once a year, she places a good order. She is a valuable customer, a valued customer. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. We're touching on this great, vast thing called customer call centers and the customer experience. It matters. You better listen up. We'll be right back with our Crystal Ball segment. We'll be asking Becky Carroll, Esteban Kolsky, and Anthony Leeper what they see five years ahead on the landscape customer service. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Zoom Leadership It's the big picture issues of the day up close and personal capabilities of leadership and a desirable future of constant renewal Zoom Leadership It's the economic crisis made clear patterns and perspectives of leadership and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time 11 a.m. Pacific Time Zoom Leadership An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. To speak with Bonnie D. Graham and her guests, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are as we gaze into the crystal ball. I'm going to start off with Anthony Leeper. Anthony, businesses as we know them are changing today, and hopefully with the help of this show, they are making game-changing changes across the board, across all industries, across the globe. So please look into your crystal ball, Anthony Leeper, and predict how customer call center service will evolve and what might be amazingly different five years from today, Anthony. Well, I think one of the first things that happens is we will stop calling them call centers because actually they're just going to be contact centers. And the reality will be is that uh, we'll be equally communicating with them through Twitter, Facebook, the dashboard on the car, interactive voice, uh, artificial intelligence videos. Um, there'll be a whole plethora of different surfaces by which they can talk to us. I might be walking around a store, and as I'm walking around a store, some interactive panel knows that I've just walked past and provides me input from the call center on a problem I'd raised about a product I'd purchased from the store last week. doesn't really matter, but what we're going to do 
is see a change from it being just telephony to new ways of interacting. And the key thing for each of these new interaction and contact centers will be you wouldn't leave a telephone ringing for two hours and not answer it. So however your customer decides to contact you or raise a point about your product or solution, you better be listening and you better be ready to respond. Very, very good words of wisdom from Anthony Leeper, who really knows what he's talking about. Becky Carroll, author of The Hidden Power of Your Customers. Becky, crystal ball, five years from today. What do you see? What do I see? Um, what I would like to see <laughs> is that customer service is no longer a dirty word. Um, everybody has a culture of customer service deep in the DNA of their company. And so everyone recognizes the importance of existing customers, the importance of customer service, and knows that every single touch makes a huge difference. So the entire company is customer service driven. Customer service is the place that everybody wants to go work in the organization. It's the coveted position because it's a position of importance, the position that really drives the business. So is that going to happen through, you know, social media, mobile? Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, is it going to be a contact center, not a call center? Yes, absolutely. We're, we're partly there today. We're continuing to move that way. But I think the other thing about the contact center in 2017 is that it anticipates the customer's needs. It understands and has looked at big data and has pulled in everything that they're doing in social and in the mobile space and directly person to person and it's gathered all that information and it can predict and expect what you're going to need, what you're going to ask um, and possibly even proactively provide you that information so that you never have to even make a call or make a contact for customer service. You're proactively served. Oh, be still my heart, Becky. That would be a wonderful thing. Esteban Kolsky, principal and founder of ThinkJar, the Think Tank ThinkJar. Esteban, what do you see five years ahead? Give us your best prediction. Well, here's the funny thing. I wrote about what you're going to see in five years, ten years ago. How's that? <laughs> I mean, actually, we, we wrote back, back ten years ago when I was a gardener. We wrote the 10, 20, and 30-year uh, objectives for customer service, and we talk about things like what we're experiencing today, like uh, the, 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 you know, the centralized contact center that Anthony's talking about, the, the proactive uh, contact center that, that Becky is talking about. And, but what we talk about more than anything is the ability to actually turn the table around, and that's what I, that's where I started the show, and that's where I want to end it. It's, it's not about what the company can do. It's about the company building the infrastructure that allows the customer to do what they need to do. It's about providing communities so you can chat with other people that can give you the answer. It's about providing excellent self-service solutions that allow you to find what you need without returning to anybody. And it's, allowed, it's about bringing the right people that can actually fill in that last the last mile, like we said in the telephone business, or the the, the last block, like we said in, in in the fiber business, you know that, that is necessary to provide no customer service but solutions to customers because this is what it's all about. Customer service started as an exception handling business, and it should never be that anymore. Once we move to a service economy, it moved from being an exception handling business to becoming an essential function of the company, and the companies that are realizing that. They're building their infrastructure, they're leveraging all these cool tools of today, big data and cloud and analytics, and they're leveraging all that to provide an excellent infrastructure that will allow customers to get and want what they need when they need it and how they need it. 
Thank you, Esteban. I'm going to do a little bit of a summary here. We have five minutes. You've all done a great job of keeping on the clock, and I appreciate that. Let me just throw out a couple of key words here. Then I will announce what's coming up next, and we might even have a minute for a secondary wrap-up here. Okay, examples of ways you can improve your customer contact center, as Anthony said. It could be in five years. Employee empowerment. Make them feel part of the process, part of the company, part of the business, part of the success. Elevate them. Applaud them. Train them well. And that all comes down to hiring the right kind of people, not just somebody to pick up a phone or read a script. Oh, no, those days are gone. Now you have to teach them to treat the customer as a person. We talked about people-to-people, person-to-person, relationships, conversation. Here's the big key. Listen to your customer. Why did they call you? What do they really want from you? What will help them help you Give them a great customer experience and create a wonderful environment around your call center. We also talked about elevating the concept, making it a great job, right? Making it something that somebody would really want to work at as a profession, like a, I don't know, like a a concierge, if you will, somebody who is the first customer-facing person. Anthony, Becky, Esteban, quick 30 seconds each, uh, or I'll give you a minute each. Anything you want to add to that list? Yeah, you know, I think it was interesting earlier, Becky had said you can hear if somebody's engaged by, you know, listening and you can understand that they're smiling on the phone. And I think I'd just finally say, you know, do you know if your customer's smiling when they hang up? Ah, very good. Becky, you want to add into that? I think it, a lot of it, and we haven't talked about that today, does come down to the measures. So, you know, to make sure we're not just measuring in the contact center, as Anthony was referring to, you know, the upsells, the cross-sells. It's not about the transaction. It's about the people. So, you know, are we measuring that customer satisfaction? Are we measuring that retention rate? Are we measuring how many more um, sales we're making to our current customers because they're so happy and because they're so satisfied? You know, NPS is one way to do that. There's lots of other scores. There's customer values um, that we can be measuring. So, the, the measurement is probably a whole other program, but the measurement is. piece is really what helps to drive the behavior along with the culture and along with the right people, so let's not forget that. Thank you, Becky. And Esteban, I can give you 30 seconds. You want to chime in on that list? Anything to add or, or underscore? Yes. How about, how about the last thing is to, you know, for everybody, both company and customers, to understand that customer service is not a function, but it's a partnership where everybody ends for the same, to get the customer what they want, when they want, and how they need it. I'm applauding. That's great. Thank you all. This is the first time we've done a, a summary like that at the end of the show, but I think it's a good idea because you made such great points. Okay, tomorrow is a big day. I'm launching a new show for SAP Radio called In the Cloud with Game Changers right here on the Business Channel, just where you're listening to us. And you're going to listen and hear some terrific thoughts on what is the cloud we're going to define what about the cloud is game changer? It's Thursdays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Next week here on Coffee Break, we're going to revisit part two of the topic, how smart is BI without a strategy? Question mark. May 16th, we're going to have an all-new topic, bringing mobility to higher education. Did you know that there's a new app developed specifically for Ole Miss? You know who that is. That's a university. Uh-huh. An app that has revolutionized the way people communicate on and around the campus, students, teachers, Teachers, alumni, we're going to talk to the developer of the app and what mobility means in the education space. A couple of shout-outs. Thank you to Patricia Harris, Joan Sherlock, Malcolm Kimberlin, and the wonderful Margot Heiligman. Thank you. And appreciation to Ryan, Michael, and Brad at Business Channel. You know who you are. 
I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll catch you next week right here on Coffee Break with Game Changers. Have a great week and go out and change the game. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.